Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. Yay! And welcome to part two of the vague two-parter, the Iron Team, and Goodbye Iowa. We are rejoined by our guests from last week, um, our new first-time, now second-time guest. Bobby Flores. Yay! And our Scooby... Joe Reed. Yay. Um, yeah. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> well, explain yourself. <laughs> but I, you know what? I feel like I am having to explain myself a lot. <laughs> I just want to say that. Um, You're doing a great job. So, yeah. Goodbye, Iowa. Um, you know, we left off, obviously, with this huge cliffhangery ending of... Uh, Adam stabbing Maggie Walsh very dramatically, and we pick up. Well, we don't exactly pick up there because it started. It starts um, with the gang all all talking, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're all packing up. Yeah, because that's when Buffy's like, "We need to get weapons," and Xander's like, "Oh, are we storming the initiative?" And she's like, "No, we're gonna hide." And he's like, "Oh, thank God." Oh, so yeah, we're in Giles's place, and that's where Buffy says for the first time that it's not safe for them, right? Yes. Um, yeah, and I actually wrote that I like this scene because it actually reminds me of having them all together in the library. Yeah. Um, and them kind of reacting to, like, it, it's some it's somewhere between a library scene and the, like, let's run away in an RV scene. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's the, some, the let's run it's, away in RV is one of my faves, though, so. Um, but I think it's also really good because of the um the spike moment with uh with Riley when Riley comes in and he's clearly tweaking and I also spike... love that Giles is like, oh they're not gonna he like says something like, oh they're not gonna find us here and then Riley walks right in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and when Spike says, Oh, I'm a friend of Xander or and he's like <laughs> I trying love that. To American accent and it's <laughs> So, or I mean, obviously he has an American accent, but he's trying it. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Fake British doing fake American accent. Like, that's not bad. That's a couple levels. That there. is impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wrote that that was his only redeeming moment for me. He's too cynical. Oh, like, oh wait. Can I just say that a friend of, or uh, someone I know on the internet is watching Buffy for the very first time and they're British and they are like, what the fuck is wrong with Spike's British accent? Like, ah! why does anyone take him seriously? Drag and I was like, And I was, I was like, no one, I've never heard anyone say that, but also you're British, so yeah. like, I can't say anything. But he's like, her, he was like, his fucking accent sucks. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard anyone say that about the accent, but... Me either, but I gotta, you gotta trust them. It's their accent. Yeah, I'm not British, so... <laughs> <laughs> um... I do, I do like that scene. Um, I do like... <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's like a gif people use when I do like Spike being like, and if you're gonna kill her, and then just gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's like a moment I forget is in this episode. Um, and I forget that he's talking to Riley. Um, and then Buffy's just annoyed. And she actually does like... She's like, oh, no, it's it's more complicated than that. No, it's not. Well, eh. and it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, why are you helping Spike? But, like, also fuck off Riley. Let her do whatever she wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, I always well, question I think, that. I think... Like, I get that he's passive now, but, like, your good girlfriend slayer from before, Kendra, is dead. And, like, he was totally happy about it. And it was, like, part of their plan to, yeah. like, set that up. And your friends got totally beat up. Your friend ended up in a hospital. Um, 
And I'm, I always question like, okay, Buffy, I trust you on most things, but legitimately, why is he still alive? Well, I think it, it also speaks to like, I guess the show is trying to like draw out what are their definitions of evil or like what to them is the nature of evil, right? right. Like the initiative has a very cut and dry idea. Like you're a demon, you are bad, blah, blah, blah. And then like Buffy has always existed to like where she actually needed connections in the demon world to get her stuff done. She's fucked a vampire. Like <laughs> she's, it's, it's very, um, it's a lot more nuanced on Buffy's side, right? And I like I, that you making her fucking a vampire sound like market research, where she's just <laughs> like, "I'm gonna find out as much about demons as possible." Here, here, I, here I go, and you I'm have to come back with my findings. You have to think like a demon. <laughs> you must know demons inside and out. I'm not. I'm not gay. I'm just trying to find out more about men. Right. <laughs> so then we get Adam. Adam's coming out, and he's being Frankenstein, and we fucking get it. And he sees the little boy, because he's Frankenstein. Um, I don't know, man. I So this is where, Joe, you'll probably... I, I, I feel like I know what you're going to tell us about this, because I feel like I know why. It's like, we don't actually... Like, it's more of a, like, is he gonna kill a kid? And then he does, yeah. and they act so surprised, and I'm sure it's like a censor thing, especially back then. Probably, but it feels yeah. like I'm sure lots of children were murdered in Sunnydale because there are monsters walking around this town regularly. So there's mm. no way this is the only child that's been murdered in this town. Well, I think the 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 thing that the newscasters are talking about is that he was not killed, was that he was flayed like, and that he was turned inside like out and yeah. studied. Yeah. And that it was the gruesomeness. Because I did write down this is the second time that the show takes on the death of a child, with the first one being gingerbread. Yeah. I mean, also, if you think about it, the show does take on the death of a child with the anointed one, lest we forget that he existed. True. Um, (laughs) How dare you remind me of that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really, the second time it's taking on the death of a child with the first one being gingerbread and how that turned the whole town upside down and into crypto fascists. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, so this one is not, I mean, it's not being played up for laughs like Gingerbread was. I think that it's more the, like, the heinousness of the crime mm. uh, and just, like, the, the the gruesomeness of, like, as opposed to a kid going missing or a kid dying as it being, like, a kid being, like, t- torn apart. And Yeah. Played. I think part of it, the as Ian was saying, that you can't, because of network restrictions, you couldn't show any of the violence that was happening, which sort of takes a bit away a little bit of the punch of the fact that like they do set it up as this whole like reference to the original Frankenstein movie right. and that like approaching the kid by the water and whatever. And of course, like in the Frankenstein movie, you just like the creature like throws the girl into the water or whatever, because he doesn't know, like he doesn't understand that she anything. can't swim. Yeah. Right. Whereas like in this, it's like, okay, we're going to take that setup and then we're going to turn this kid inside out. Like that's so <laughs> much like more horrifying and violent and of course you can't show it so like it takes away a little bit of the power of that but like even just hearing it described it's like oh okay like this is several next levels well i think it's next level but it's also interesting and i i'm gonna try to not talk about the death of a child as much as possible even though it's like like, a fictional (laughs) a fictional child on a wb show but like it's but it's like adam is obviously there's something about him not understanding i think the the magnitude of death 
because he is t- 10 minutes old mm-hmm. and yeah he, and him just also being thirsty for knowledge and like we and like the idea of knowledge is a big part of the college season girls go to, you know girls go to college to get more knowledge you know <laughs> so but um <laughs> i had so many questions about that scene because like first off the way that they paint the initiative like that little foresty entrance was that it's like in the middle of nowhere like when they find um when buffy later finds him in the caves it's it's painted out like it's kind of off the beaten trail so like this child is just out in the woods by themselves completely alone um which is not odd for sunnydale but it's kind of odd when you pull back like this child just happened to be right near the entrance to the initiative. Um, but the it's other thing is... of helicopter parenting. Right. <laughs> but I wonder when... I, I don't want to say it's like empathy for, for Adam, but when the child says you're a monster, I wonder like if he had come across somebody different um, who understood demons a little bit more or, you know, was not a child and he hadn't been told that he was a monster, would things have been different? Because he says like... I had thought so or something along those lines that I thought I was, I was a D or a monster. Um, and I believe like that's what kind of encourages him to act accordingly. But if he had been told something else, would it have sort of changed the war path that he went on as a result? Oh, I was totally thinking the same thing. Like I totally thought it was one of those things of like, he, I mean, he has a limited knowledge of the world and it's what he's programmed to know. And then he's curious, I guess, but we don't know what he is and is not programmed to word because he knows the English word for monster. So like, you know, and he knows what that means. Um, so on some level he might even know what Frankenstein is, but it's kind of like, does his being called monster be like, well, I'm a monster and monsters terrorize. So I'm going to terrorize and like, I want to know what it means to like be a boy. And so therefore I'm going to study you and I don't really, but like, so it is obviously murky as everything with the show can get murky. Like what is the actual nature of magic, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's a little murky what he knows and doesn't know. But I do think that there is actually in some weird way, Buffy, like there is actually some kind of sympathy supposed to be had for Adam for, I don't know if it's sympathy or empathy or some kind of idea that like he really just wants to know about the world and he probably doesn't get the gravity of what he did. And it sort of goes off of the idea that the the original plan was for Maggie to be more the supervillain and he him sort of to be sympathetic because he wasn't doing these things intentionally or necessarily with the consciousness of other the other people he's interacting with, the other demons he's interacting with. I think part I think part of it too is like a comment on like the dehumanization of scientific knowledge. Like I know that sound but like it's like he wasn't thinking of that person as a human. He was thinking of them as just like a scientific subject. I remember like when I went to go see Spider-Man 2 with my mother, she didn't like it cuz she was like why did Dr. Octopus's arms have to do evil? And I was like, I don't think that the arms thought that they were doing evil. They just wanted to like finish their science experiment and it just took a, doing a lot of fucked up shit to get that done in like the name of science. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's, you know, on the other end of it, it might not, it might not look evil to the thing that needs to get done. So for Adam, I don't think like he thinks what he's doing is evil. He think he was created. His mother is dead. Now the person who's supposed to kind of impart, impart knowledge onto you. But that motherfucker it's- killed her. It's not like she, oops, <laughs> she died. He killed her. <laughs> right. But also like, it could have been a mistake. Like they never really wrestle with that, but like mm-hmm. he might not have known. He just had his arm sewn onto him like ten hours before. Yeah, 
He kept I always going to like grab her and hug her and the and the spider. <laughs> that was that was what I always assumed was that like yeah I always assumed that that was the case that he was sort of like reaching out for her and this you know bone spear that he didn't even doesn't even understand about like killed her. I wish they had they they didn't because they wanted to preserve the surprise of that moment. You don't really get to see what his intention is and. Well, yeah, and we didn't really talk about it before, but one of the interesting things of the camera angle of that scene is that when she's speared from behind, you don't see Adam, and it's almost physically impossible for him, because then when they pan back, he's clearly standing right behind her. Yeah, It's the same thing they do with the other Dr. Engelman later. Yeah, so it's like, was he lying down and he lifted his arm up to, like, caress her shoulder because she was talking to him in such a loving way like and he never has any anger towards her like he always talks about mother's plans for us and what mother would have wanted so i never got the feeling like he killed her on purpose like i really feel like it was a mistake and that kind of to me adds to the theory that he doesn't understand the big monster baby yeah yeah he's a big monster he's a he's a he's a two-day-old with the bot with like the with weapons for the body of several different demons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like also that. <laughs> like also yes, those he's Frankenstein. I don't know, man. He just I yes, all the things you said are correct. Um so I do love them all hiding out in Xander's basement. Can we or are we moving on to that yet? Is that okay? Yeah. Um I wrote I wrote this note you wrote "fuck you, Ian" in your notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but I, I forget where the basement comes in. But I, it's I right, guess go right go to the... that, and we'll see if we get to my note later. I might. I don't think I took a note on this scene. So you go ahead. Okay, it's right after he he says the little boy says he's a monster, and he says I thought so. Oh yeah, go ahead. Literally go ahead. right after that is the basement. Um, I love Cranky Giles. Cranky Giles always does it for me. Um, <laughs> you know he's like Grumpy Dad, and he's like turn off the cartoons. Um, and I actually think it's, like, a cute, for Willow not liking Anya, I think her and Anya get some cute scenes sometimes. I love the idea of them, like, just being friends who are snuggling under blankets on this, like, shitty fold-out couch together watching, uh, Looney Tunes. Um, and I love, um, I meant to Google it, but I didn't, um, Matthew, I'm so used to you knowing all this. He said he calls Anya snoring something very specific, and I don't know what the fuck it is. What's the word? What does he say? He says, "Shit." Um, I tried. To, I spelled it wrong in my notes because I was taking them so fast, and then I didn't go to correct it. And I do not want to say it wrong on our podcast. What? You know. <laughs> He says, I'm surprised you could hear it because she complains about him sleeping on his beach ball and how it's like squeaky noises and it was irritating. And he says, I'm surprised you could hear it over your Wagnerian snoring. Yeah, he's saying he's making a reference to the German composer Richard Richard Wagner. Who, Wagner, yeah. Vog, Wagner, yeah. Who like his operas were like loud and bombastic. Uh, oh. I didn't know that either. Thank you, Buffy. I'm glad. Normally, it's like me and three other people being like, oh, Ian. And I'm like, I have two degrees. I'm going to staple one to my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> the music is very like this, like, commanding Germanic kind of like 
Dun, 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 oh, did he do Ride of the like Valkyries? What's that? Did he do Ride of the Valkyries? Yeah, right. That's Wagner, right? I, I don't don't I, I wouldn't I, I don't I'm not sure. All right, look right. at us all semi informed. I know I already I already, I already closed out that music. window, so I don't need to go back to it. So anyway, yeah. so he says that. Um and I do I like that it's like the three the three of them just like kind of talking about Riley. Um and Anya's Anya literally says, So dump him. Like that's what she says as her advice to Buffy about Riley. And I was like, hmm, I agree. Um, because, you know, Buffy says all the things that we kind of were led to believe Riley was. The more normal boyfriend, the, you know, no drama, no, you know, possibly life-endangering things going on around him. But, well, um, yeah. Um, so we get that scene, which I think is really cute. And then we get, then Xander runs in and is like, put on the TV now. And they talk about, the reporter talks about the child being mutilated. Blah, blah, blah. Then we get um, Willow and Tara. Um, and I don't even know what... I, I was like, uh, Matthew might have a, a fun term for this. Like, Tara says... And because it's like... It's so hard to watch these scenes and be like, okay, but also they are doing actual spells. Like, clearly it's a metaphor for sex, but like they are do also doing real spells in the context of the show. Um... Because Tara says, I've been thinking about that last spell we did all day. <laughs> and, like, knowing that it's like, oh, this is, like, a metaphor for sex. Like, Tara's, she's got it. Like, I don't know. Um, I thought It's you... the most, like, over-the-top use of that, of, right? like, spells <laughs> as, like, code <laughs> outside of Restless when Xander makes that joke about, like, Doing Sometimes I think about two girls doing spells together and then I do a spell by myself and it's gross. <laughs> well, it's um, funny because I, I take Tara's line to it almost sounds like she was like lying around masturbating thinking about their spell. Yes. yes. I mean, yeah. 100%. Yes. <laughs> like she was full down there, like, like, yes. And then you took out the powder and then yeah. you put your hand on my hand. Like they're almost in on the whole like double entendreness of it right. in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right like yeah yeah like, that's literally i was like whoa like you just tried to give her a family heirloom in the last episode after like you hung out three times and this time you're like oh yeah i masturbated thinking of the last time we had sex honestly though <laughs> tara trying to give away a family heirloom to someone she barely knows is like me before i was like 23 <laughs> <laughs> oh matthew that's so precious also, once we meet Tara's family, we kind of get it that she's right. just like, yeah, it's a family heirloom. My family's weird. Yeah, like, oh, it's a family yeah, here's heirloom, a family. But... Well, then that's also kind of fucked up. Like, here's my family heirloom. I hate my fucking family. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> my family sucks. But so here's this heirloom. Like, here's this heirloom from these people I fucking hate. <laughs> oh, but, I think, but she says it was her grandma's, and it's supposed to be that she likes the women. Like right. the women, like I mean, aside from like Amy, Amy Adams, Amy Adams, yeah. but that's like her cousin, right? Like that's right. not, yeah. Um, I cannot wait to have Amy Adams on for family. Oh, I know, oh right? my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want Amber Benson to like give us all like, ooh, Amy Adams did this and this and this, and have gay Twitter go insane and lose their minds. Anyway, um, so yeah, I put whatever version Matthew would come up with that's like dickmatized. That's what Tara is, but like not. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I put in my notes. Like, <laughs> um, clipmatized. Clip I was just oh about my to God. Okay. <sighs> yes, circle gets the square. 
Uh, Buffy, do you oh. see these men I have to deal with? <laughs> They're caca. Uh. Anyway, so <laughs> then we get Willie's, which is actually that actor's last episode. We do see the bar again, but we don't see that actor again. It's his last episode. Um, and I kind of wish we had gotten a little bit more. Like, I, I feel like there could have been some fun stuff they did there, right? Willie the, the snitch? Yeah, yeah. I feel like he was, like, a one-joke character that they're like, well, I guess we gotta st- keep him around, because, like... Well, like, I always associate him so there. strongly with season two, and, like, when he's in season four, I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> like, he feels like, like season Whistler, two right? is worlds ago. Go hang out with Kendra yeah. in Deadland. <laughs> Go away. Oh, my harsh, Matthew. Because, <laughs> yeah, this, he, says, he says it's Willie's place now, not Willie's bar, and he's always trying to clean up the place. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so then we, wait, when does, I feel like you skipped some stuff. Oh, I totally did. I messed up my notes. So much shit. Cause you're right. I was like, wait, but then Riley doesn't come in. Right. I jumped because then I, I put it in the middle of my notes. So yeah. Um, I wanted to point out that Willow, they find out, they find out that Maggie is dead. Right. They find out Maggie's dead, but they find out that out in. Before Willie's. Right. Yeah. Before Um, Willie's. So we get, I wanted to point out that Willow in the scene with Tara is wearing her red jacket that she wears in like every other episode in the season. It has like a little flower on the collar. I just thought that was a weird thing to point out um, that I've noticed. Um, Because usually they don't do that, but sometimes they do. They'll have like a reoccurring, like how Willow wore the same necklace like almost the entirety of season two. Um, (laughs) But uh, It's her jacket of sexual awakening. Yeah, oh. oh my god, I love a good jacket of sexual <laughs> Um I think right. mine was a jean jacket. Oh yeah, that oh. fits. That's good. Uh, um and I kind of got lost in my notes and I think they're all out of order. So Matthew Okay, so I'm gonna put us back. Okay. Because for my my notes it says the next thing is Xander and it says Willie's and then Xander and Buffy going to the initiative, but I don't think that's right. Okay. Um so they find out that Professor Walsh is dead when, like, Dr. Engelman slips on her blood. Um, and But then we when we see Riley and Forrest find out is when Graham comes into the room and interrupts what is the most passionate conversation <laughs> between two men I've ever seen uh, in I mean, my life. Uh, ever? In your, I was going to say on this show, maybe, yeah. On the show. they No, like, they are really, like, at the edge of, like, Love they are about girl. to throw down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this is I think it has to get this emotional because this is the last time that they really milk the like Riley Forrest are yeah. they are will they or won't they Sam and <laughs> Diane of it all. And so like this is the emotional denouement and they really can't go anywhere from from here. Because this is really the scene next to the balls poster where you think that they're just going <laughs> to go full broke back. <laughs> you know, I probably would have liked them both better if they did, but oh, oh boy, yeah. And then Graham would have stumbled upon it and would have turned into like a men.com video. Oh my God. I mean, it would have turned into the fan fiction I read when I was, you know, this age when this was on the air. But then I always get so mad because fucking, you know, then they go to see Maggie and she's dead. And Forrest, of course, is like, it looks like she's been staked. And I'm actually like, no, a stake is really thick. Yeah. And what she was staked with, what she's killed with is not a stake. You're just being fucking rude. Like, yeah, that's like a crazy leap to make. 
Well, that is also like, like it is like peak. Like you like someone, and you are just finding someone to yeah. some way to take down the person that they like. Wow. Yep, and you're making up wild ass rumors about them. <laughs> Like, it's so can you not, like Forrest would be on Twitter being like Buffy killed M- at Maggie Walsh oh! <laughs> just now he'd be like Buffy voted for Trump and he'd be like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so unfortunate because like I totally get the coding and I empathize with his struggle but I remember being in like his shoes and being the queer lover watching the person they liked date a girl and I, I always tried to challenge myself to like, understand that I don't want to be that person who attacks everyone else who goes after the person I like, because in my head, I like this person for a reason. So I can't blame somebody else for liking them as well, because I already found reasons to like them. And so I think it's a struggle that I remember, but I always tried to be not, you know, hashtag Buffy killed Maggie Walsh because <laughs> it's, it's just not a good look. And, and I think that's what made him sort of, like you said, he, he, she was not even remotely staked. It was a, well, for, yeah. it was force really is being peak Force is being peak petty right now. Yes. Like when faith staked that man, like it was a very obvious stake wound. Like I, if I'm remembering correctly, they even said there were like little wood fragments or something like something was found. Um, that indicated that it was a stake. Whereas she was stabbed through the back with a skewer. It, it wasn't even close. So it, I agree. It was so... Well, racist. it also like kind of speaks to this like misunderstanding of Buffy. Like I think he just sees her as a straight up killer mm-hmm. as opposed to like someone with a mission in life. And he just sees her as this like really strong, like, you know, like there are two gorillas beating their chest and he just sees her for her strength and he doesn't even understand the nuance of like what it means to be a slayer. Right, and they never explain how many other people in the, the initiative are familiar with her, if they're familiar with her at all, whether Buffy is the first they're learning that a Slayer even exists. So it's like, I agree that there's not a lot of explanation about how much the others know about her, as opposed to Maggie, who is kind of up to date and understands what she is, or at least more than everybody else. He needed to take some women's studies classes on that campus. Which <laughs> he truly did, because he would have loved them. He would have really discovered something. Then he wow. would have been like, oh, feminist theory totally explains Buffy. I totally get it now. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, one, so one thing, too, that I was thinking about, and Buffy brought it up with the opening scene. I don't know if anyone else noticed this. There were a lot of, like outside shots during this episode that were not on a sound stage. Yeah, I did the the one shot of them in daytime from I think it was from the previous episode maybe when they're tracking Spike, right? Where it took me a second to realize that like, oh wait, they're in like actual daylight. It's weird. Yeah. And then when and then it's the beginning of this episode, they're not on a sound stage. And then just after this, when they all go searching for the Polgara, first of all, like they're out in in Sunnydale in these huge hummers in like <laughs> fucking like fatigues with guns and then but the whole scene with buffy and riley where he's like are you happy that maggie walsh is finally dead is like also outside because there's this like very lovely orange tinge to the sky and And it's like a real it's a real so i i kind of feel like maybe the lot was closed that week and they're like y'all we have to do outside (laughs) scenes like we're shooting outside this week 
We're getting fumigated for asbestos. Like, let's go. <laughs> that moment when when he says, are you happy, is one of those moments in the show where you're really like, ugh. Like, it's just such a... When, when you watch the show and you know how Buffy's relationship with death has been, um, either the death that she's had to deal or the death that she's seen around her, it's like, are you happy that that um, she's dead? Right then and there, I was like, I I have no investment for Riley. Like, it's really extreme. And I know that they said that the chemicals thing is so weird because it's like how long, like, there's no concrete science because obviously it's it's not incredibly realistic. But when were when were the effects actually beginning and, and what were the right. actual effects? How much of it is just his anger and his toxic masculinity and how much of it is these things in his brain are making him crazy? Yeah, I totally agree with that, Buffy. It's hard to write, like, because clearly you do have to be like, oh, well, they were, like, poisoning him, literally. Like, you have to bring that into your thoughts with him, but it's like, but how long? Like, yeah, I, I had trouble with that, too. I wrote that in my notes that, like, he made me so fucking mad that, like, you know, like, and, you know, I try to, like, be someone who is, like, very open about, like, my mental health and blah, blah, blah. And, like, so, like, I always try to say, like, if I'm being a dick, even if it's because of, like, I'm depressed or whatever, like, I want someone to be, like, you're still kind of being an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, I want mm -hmm. someone to tell me that. So I feel like I tried to apply that here. Like, even if he is coming down from whatever they, like, he still is being really nasty to, like, the, like, the person that's, like, his partner that, like, is supposed to be the one that he loves and that, although I don't know that they've said I love you at this point, have they? Um... No. I don't think got, so. They just got it down. They just got down with each other. So, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I, I go back and forth with that because it's like, well, and also it's like a science fiction-y drug, so it really could, like, do anything to your body. Right. It harkened me back to the um the hyena episode because I, that episode had never really stood out to me at all, um, except when I watched it with my girlfriends. And when they found out, when they kind of, Giles kind of reveals at the end that Xander was at least partially aware of yeah. some of the things that he was doing, they were just, they gasped and, and explained like, and it finally hit me that, oh, wow, like this is really, the show kind of kind of makes it, oh, it was magic. It wasn't him. But then the gag is that it wasn't all magic and that part yeah. of his aggression towards Buffy was his own. And um, I felt similarly about Riley, like you're not going to use the medicine to get out of all of this because at least part of this is, what you're really feeling in this moment of high stress and yeah, all of this loss going on. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew? Matthew? What? I, I, I yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly didn't. I mean, I feel like I had everything. I just, it was, it was more reminiscent to the forest point too, that like, Riley obviously misunderstands Buffy's mission, but also can't fault him because Buffy hasn't even gone on her vision quest yet, and she doesn't know the whole point of being a slayer herself either. <laughs> she's still finding that out, so it's not like she's even been on her little vision quest. So that, but I did want to say that um, watching the scene where they search Spike's crypt in 2018 felt very Trumpian. It felt yes. very yes. ice. It felt mm. because. The way that they talked about demons was very like, oh, they're all cockroaches. Like, yeah. they're all just this way. They're all bad. And then he breaks. And then I thought about you, Joe, when you talked about 
the Passions reference because they break Spike's television. Yeah, I know. Oh, That's yeah. Like he wanted to watch his soap operas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to know what happened on Passions. Yeah, it's really weird, right? Because you do feel bad for like you're actually like a little bit like about Spike. And it's like, why should I feel bad for this motherfucker? As Buffy and I pointed out earlier, like he's been the cause of murders and lots of bad shit. But it almost feels like, like he sits up scared, and you're like, Ugh. like you, you feel it. I don't know. Well, that's the whole thing about Buffy is like it's playing on the like he has terrorized the group, and they've been in a power struggle, and now we know that like the initiative is bad, and they're after him. So it's almost like this really fucked up circular like enemy of my enemy is my friend thing because uh. like. Mm-hmm. Do they have do they have to kind of team up because they know that now the initiative is worse than both of them, than than all of them, right. you know? And it's kind of like drawing these interesting. It's reconfiguring the the power dynamics of this show. Yeah, I would agree with that. I agree. Yeah. So then, so then we have the Willow Terra scene, which I guess we kind of went through already. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, we should we talk about we didn't talk about the spell yet, so let's talk about the spell. And um, Joe, yes. what were the message boards like when Will, when Tara put that fucking powder away? So this is sort of like what I was talking about last week with uh, in the Iron Team, and the fact that like this specific event was the one that was always cited when talking about like well Tara is secretly bad because she not only like sabotages a spell, but it's a spell that would have like shown demonic like activity or nature or whatever. And so then everybody assumed from that, that like, okay, well like Tara's a demon and that ends up getting clarified in a way where like, she thought she was a demon, but it was, you know, whatever it was, it she wasn't being bad. Um, it must've yeah, been like, this, sorry, go ahead. No, it was, it was just like, it was, and I, it was all just part of this whole idea of like the, the audience really did not, most of the audience, a lot of the audience, did not know where they were going with that storyline. I think it took a while for for the fact that they were moving into Willow's sort of like sexuality. Uh, it took people a while to sort of to catch on to that. But also, I think it's because I mean, this is we you know if we knew then what we know now about Joss, like this is the beginnings of that. Like, aren't we? as Joss Whedon fans at one times in our lives, whether we're, we still are or not, like, aren't we trained to expect the worst from him? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's almost like you have that syndrome where you're like, well, Tara's here. This is going to be fucked up. And then yeah. with yeah. family, it's almost like the complete river. It's like the, literally the best case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. and like, how often do you get the best case scenario? Right. You know, what's a wild episode to watch with that whole, like questioning Tara hanging over your head is restless because she like shows up in that episode with like some pretty important like she's right. crucial in that episode. She's pivotal, and you, then people spent like the entire off season being like, "What was going on there? What was he trying to tell us? What was happening?" and and what does this tell us about Tara? And like ultimately, not much. But it's interesting to watch it through those eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. now let's talk about Riley showing up at Willie's, and he's very angry. So, he, uh, that, I mean, yes, Matthew, I think what you said is so right, because it felt very, like, Riley feels like almost someone who's like, well, my parents are Republicans, so I'm going to be a Republican. (laughs) And he's like, Buffy is trying very hard to teach him, like, 
hey, stop that stupid thinking. Like, you can think on your own. You don't have to do exactly what Maggie says or what she would have done. Um, you know, and, like, we get a thing that we hadn't really gotten on Buffy yet. Like, I always say that one of the few things I think Angel did a little better was showing us a lot of the gray area with demons. Um, and I don't think Buffy always... I don't think Buffy always even wanted to do that. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not like I think the show failed at doing it. I don't think they, like, had an intention of it. But this is one of the first big times. And, I mean, we started to see it with Spike this season because, I mean, he does... He's there for Thanksgiving. He helps them fight in Doomed. You know, Willow doesn't want him to stake himself. Um, and it's one of the first times we get it where, like, someone... I mean, like you said, when they're raiding his script, that feels very, like, Trumpian. Like, oh, this, like, these people, like, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Riley doesn't even know if that little old lady is a demon or not when he puts the gun mm -hmm. up to her. And he says and he says that. Yeah, like, he specifically says that, but he still puts the fucking gun up to her. But, um, he, but you know, I think that... Because I, I see in Mark Lucas's acting and in Riley's lines, like, the idea that his whole world yes. is falling down around him. And I actually think... I mean, it's actually really interesting to talk about it in terms of politics, the, the metaphor that you were kind of continuing, Ian, is that, like, I kind of feel like Buffany, but buff, well, Buffany. <laughs> what is up? <laughs> Real Housewives of New York's Buffany. Buffany. <laughs> um, that Buffy is, like, broadening his worldview in a way. Yeah, I don't know, totally. like, Buffy is making him question things that he thought were black and white. Yes. And it's very, and, like, he's reacting to it in a, in like a way that he has a very limited worldview and he's trying, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's an interesting kind of mindset for a character. I mean, they, he is corn fed Iowa boy that knows a little bit about the world. He's taught that, Hey, so his world is like, okay, you're from Iowa. You come here, you're pulled out of special ops. You're told that demons are real. They're bad. And you now have to fight them. And now he meets someone who's like a mythical slayer of demons. Who's like, yeah, but not all demons. And like, we have to, there's a lot more nuance to it. And I just like feel for what the character is going through. And plus he's on drugs, like he, or he's being <laughs> drugged against his will. So right. we have to like take that into account. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I, for me, that totally is what it is. Like she, you know, his worldview was always very like black and white and she's kind of being like, Hey, fucking stop doing that. Like, you know, we can come here to Willie's, like, because I don't think it's ever confirmed if he's a human or not, but I just always assumed he was. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, there was a lot to be said, and I do think you're right. I think Mark Lucas is doing some of his best acting in this, um, because he, you can see it in his eyes that, like, Riley, the character, is super conflicted about what the fuck is going on, um, and is, like, tweaking because he's had been being poisoned, and is, like, just freaking out because his world in general is collapsing. So, like, there is a lot going on there with his character. So I will give him credit for that. Um, there, also, three, three I, think, bone. <laughs> I think the moment where Buffy puts her handkerchief on his... Because, first of all, I love a handkerchief Buffy hair moment. You do, you do. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, I love, a, I love a handkerchief Buffy hair moment. As soon as I moment. saw it on her, I was like, oh, Matthew likes this. And then it's so <laughs> lovely to see it on her and then actually see it have a utility. Honestly, one of like her when she puts it on his hand, that's like a, a great Buffy moment. <laughs> When the hair piece becomes utility, uh, I want to write about it. It's so good. 
See, I the Willie scene frustrated me because I I agree with um, what you said earlier, Matthew. It's kind of like you're from season two. I like season two a lot more than I like season four. And I keep waiting for Angel to come out because Angel and Spike and all them they were around when you were prominent in the storyline. And so I it feel it felt so out of place. Like, oh, she's back at Willie's, but like everything is different now, and it's kind of like you're still here and you're still doing your thing, but you haven't been around for a long time. Um, I just remember in the scene being particularly triggered when like he grabs her and um, it kind of mirrors uh, the concept that I think Twilight brought to, to the world was that if you take away the magic and like all the cutesy stuff, it really is abusive behavior. You know, if you strip away the vampires and the magic, um, and in that moment, I just wish that there had been more of a reaction of like, you are not allowed to grab me. And she does push him off. Yeah. Um, but I just wish that there had been more of like, this is not okay. There's a lot of bad stuff happening, but you're not allowed to grab me and like shift my entire body like over in this direction. Um, and I definitely think it, it, my perspective has changed a little thinking of it less from a mental health aspect and more of him being drugged. Yeah. So I definitely acknowledge that as well. I just think there was, a lot of aggression in the episode that ne didn't necessarily get um, the pushback that, okay, this is actually not okay. We get that the, the storyline calls for it, but um, this behavior is, is abusive and, and dangerous. Right. It's actually, it's funny that, yeah, like, so it actually does parallel, like when she goes, I mean, this happens later, but we're not talking, we don't talk about Angel yet. So when she goes to Angel, when Faith is there, and she punches him and he punches her back and they both have like a, <gasps> they have like a moment of like, oh my God. And she like the look on her face of like, I can't believe you just fucking hit me. Um, even though, like you said, like you take away the superpowers and the supernatural and like that's abuse. And like they, they, I think they at least like, they show that they're both like taken aback that they would ever yeah. do that. And like, you know, he's not evil. He's himself. Um, and so, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, like I said, that's why Riley really pisses me off. But like I said, I do understand that, like, we have to go with the flow of, like, not only is he, like, it's not like, oh, he's, like, an addict. It's, like, he was being poisoned even against <laughs> his will. It's not even, like, and so he's, like, coming. So, I like, whatever, they don't clarify that. So I think if they clarified that, we could read that scene. Right. You know? They just keep saying chemicals yeah. or vitamins. And it's, like, but what does that mean? Yeah, what? Like, what? what? <laughs> um... Yeah, so that scene, like, really, I I don't know if I were Buffy, if I'd be able to, like, for me, I, it almost makes me like Riley, because I'm like, well, if she's willing to forgive him, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm a dickhead, like. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, I felt the same way, I'm like, well, we gotta move on from here somewhere, yeah. like. Yeah. I, I can't I also meet him the whole season. <laughs> I also think the Riley um, plotline is interesting because, as I s keep saying, like season four is so much about like characters finding things out and like knowledge and the idea of knowledge and his his struggle about learning about the nuance of demons. To me, also like is the opposite struggle of Adams, or like it it mirrors Adams in this interesting way. Like Adams yeah. starts out killing a child 
to find out more and he's a demon or like a demon hybrid if you will and he starts out killing a child and like Riley almost goes so far as to take a human life because he doesn't know he he's so conflicted about what he knows and doesn't know but he doesn't go that far like he's not the monster he's not going to become that you know right it's a it's an it's a really interesting kind of like mirror mirror ball situation um, I also think that the Willie scene, I just want to say, I just wrote this down. I thought the Willie scene at, from like a, a scene perspective is really well done. It almost has this little like play aspect to it. Like it feels like come to the five and dime <laughs> kind of like you're in a bar <laughs> and characters keep coming and going. And I thought it was um, really because we didn't even talk about the way Buffy talks with Willie, like when she almost hits him in the face and it's really comically well done. And but I just really liked it also. What else do we? What what what's the next scene? What else? So do we talk about? then, her and Xander are gonna go to the initiative. They leave Riley with the group. Oh, we did do things out of order because then Tara and Willow do the spell. Oh, I think t- yeah. When we talked about it, it's when Tara and her first talk about first the spell. Talk about doing the spell, yeah. And then they there's a a, a moment between when they talk about it and when they do it, right. which feels weird because it feels like Willow goes to do the spell with her. Like, and then hours pass, and then they're doing it. Yeah. But whatever. Um, Well, you know at the beginning of a relationship, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to spend all afternoon doing spells. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, first they were talking about how they were going to do the spell. And she was telling how she likes it when when people do spells with her. (laughs) (laughs) They were setting their parameters. They were, you know... Yeah, they were like, well, I really like it when the powder is here. (laughs) And I like it when the candles are here. Oh, my God. So we get um, Tara sabotages the spell, blah, blah, blah. Um, Riley or Buffy and Xander. I do have to say Xander has some good moments when they first get there. I do like and I put like, man, I do wish we could have gotten a gay Xander when Xander's like, I totally get it now. Can I have sex with Riley too? Like, I feel like that's actually like a really good line. Um, even though, like I said, it's a metal warehouse with a pit and some aluminum foil. Like there, like there's nothing special looking about this place. I love Ian's feud with the initiative (laughs) set. I know. Like my favorite subplot. He expects them to have like an HBO game of Thrones budget. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, Joss was given $4 and was told here, make the initiative. Oh, and that's um, meanwhile, like... he wants dragons flying and shit. <laughs> <laughs> they but... invented the concept of the Apple Store. What do you want from them? <laughs> but um, oh Ian, I'm mad at you Uh-oh. for skipping over Buffy's fucking iconic glasses, hair back, lab coat look. God, <laughs> that feels <laughs> it's science so fish. Yeah. She's honestly, she's giving me everything. She's giving me like those glasses. Uh, I wanted to like look at a screen and tell me something is wrong, like something <laughs> is malfunctioning. Like, uh. <laughs> I, I thought about that. Like, I really, lo- I mean, like, okay, fine. Xander has like an actual kind of initiative-looking disguise, but I like that her disguise is just putting her hair up in a bun and holding some papers and having glasses, like. <laughs> Right, like everyone knows it's you. Like I'd yeah. be like, "Oh, look, there's Buffy. She just pulled her hair back." Like yeah. is everyone there so heterosexual and they don't know the difference? Oh. Also, <laughs> when they go into the little like ante room where they have to like do the scan or whatever, she's got her coat in her hands. Like, 
Do you have to like costume up at the last second? Like it's so stressful. Oh, I feel like Buffy can necessarily you just, like, get dressed before we go. Like yes. in the coat. <laughs> like, I would be would so be anxious. Anxiety. That would be anxiety inducing for me. It would oh, be yeah. like if you're on a yes. session and they're not even dressed as they're doing the retinal scan. <laughs> Which, by the way, the retinal scan room is just a regular room that anyone could walk through at any moment. There's yes. no floor. Yes. Which contradicts what... Because in Hush, they don't, like, con- oh, I guess, well, far Yeah, no, they confirm him and Forrest. And, like, they don't have to... I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? No, um, what, are you, what, con- well, what are you saying? How in Hush, the reason, remember, like countermeasures initiated um because it can't confirm him in forest mm-hmm. um, oh because the voice because right, they don't have yeah. voices yeah but in this, well i'm sure after after hush they got rid of that voice activation yeah, requirement um so also the uh the buffy xander retinal scan joke I, I, that is yes oh were you gonna get to that i'm sorry I I, your go ahead joe <laughs> i mean that's sort of it is buffy <laughs> says there's a retinal scan and then xander makes a butt joke and yeah. it's like, did he expect Buffy to pull out her rectum and show it to <laughs> the mirror? I oh, I was thinking like she pulls down her pants, somebody has to go go in your butt. That's what I was. That's what I was oh, thinking. Do you? What is a scan to you, Ian? No, but, but what the hell is a what? What the hell is a rectal scan? Like that's not a that, thing. It just scan. It's the same thing as an eye scan. Well, it just scans your butt because everyone has a unique. Well, everyone every- has a unique butthole. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> while, while we're getting scientific about a rectum so like i would think that would mean it has to scan the inside of it no it probably i think it just meant like the like, first sphincter it like goes in a little oh, bit and there's a little red light going inside your butt because it's like scanning the walls to make sure it's you this is scanning. the com parody yes, of- scan- <laughs> i at least i didn't say scanning the walls like that is a lot <laughs> Don't worry, oh, I hate me too. Boy. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, um Anyway, the point is Buffy's hair is flawless. <laughs> I do I also do like Xander being like, kiss me. And I like that it's not actually him being a creep for once. It like he literally because that is something stupid they do in action movies, right? Like, oh let's kiss to pretend that no one can see us. Um and she's like, what are you doing? No. <laughs> like I just, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, well I love when she says, like, can you like she's doing everything to make them more yeah. conspicuous? <laughs> yeah. Like she's literally being so terrible at um, being covert. Um I, yeah. I wrote Xander pretending to make out trick is so Xander because that's so something that he would do and uh out of every ship anyone has ever shipped on Buffy the most I am opposed to is Buffy Xander. So I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my man was like making out with somebody in, in, to, you know, on an adventure. I'd be like, were there other options? Like <laughs> that's the only thing that you could do because I'm a little concerned that your first plan is to just make out with somebody to not be conspicuous. Well, he was like, yeah, it was either that or duck into a corner and we didn't want to do that. So. Right. Or a rectal exam and like, I don't want to do that either. So, <laughs> And it's funny because Anya just five minutes ago was saying you can't have Xander. And I'm like, yeah. well, she obviously is keen to feelings and things. See, I really did take that to like, because Xander is like such like the straight nerd. And I feel like, in a lot of like actiony, like I feel, I'm sure in a Transformer movie they've done it, where they've been like, people are coming, let's kiss, and like Megan Fox and what's his face make out in a corner or something. Like I feel like that's a thing that happens in a movie like that. Uh-huh. Oh my god, people are coming, rectal scan. <laughs> <laughs> 
quick. <laughs> Take out your rectal, your rectum, real quick. Quick. That's that's how I get all the boys. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank God the initiative wasn't in season six. <laughs> oh my God! Or maybe we wish it was. Um, <laughs> so. Then Riley makes me angry again because he pushes Willow, um, and he can't just chill the fuck out. But also, then it's like, then he's well, like, he literally can't because he's coming yeah, off of drugs. I'm saying, but he okay. like actually, I was about to say Matthew. He like literally actually can't now. He like they make it so that he does look like they like paint his face like he looks like he's like like and like someone coming down from. Well, something. he has like those sunken eyes. Yeah, like yeah. The, yeah. the eye makeup and the pale skin. Um. Yeah, so, like, all right, but he still pisses me off because he pushes Willow. Um, and, like, don't touch any of my children. Um, Same, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get, like, the reveal, right? Then Riley walks in as they're talking to Engelman or whatever. And then Adam comes in. And what do you think, Matthew? <laughs> um, I think it's, like, I mean, it's very par for the course in a lot of things, like, where... There's kind of like that moment that the the um, big bad has to like announce his plans, and obviously this are, these aren't his ultimate plans. Maybe it's more like his intentions. But like if we started the episode with like he's willing to kill a little boy to know about the world, there is obviously some ominousness to like his whole thing being like I want to take on knowledge, and Buffy's like me too. See you in Psych 102. Like. <laughs> But um, I think that, like, oh, my God, wait. I think the thing we need to talk about, though, is that he takes floppy disks. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> that is iconic. <laughs> like, oh, my Lord. The fact that he is running on a fucking floppy disk. <laughs> oh, my God. Not even, like, a zip drive, either. Just, like, full on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It really I it, can't. I really can't. Like, I can't that there is a floppy disk about Riley lying around somewhere that he found. <laughs> like, Maggie was like, let me back up everything I know about Riley on a floppy disk. I like the idea that they could have, like, foiled his plans by, like, substituting his disks for, like, Willow's Philosophy 101 term paper <laughs> or whatever. Oh, or what if they put, or they, you know what, to really bring it back, they could have put, like, the floppy disk with like Angel's soul restoration thing <laughs> on it on you're like here use this floppy disk <laughs> and he's just a machine that for all eternity restores Angel's soul whenever he goes bad where well, if he just wants all this knowledge just throw some Encarta 99 on there yeah, and just right? be Truly, like here. I'd be like here here's a floppy disk exactly it's called Encarta 99 and <laughs> like it's great you'll learn about the Gib- the rock of Gibraltar and like it'll be- <laughs> Like, <laughs> like they could have worked with him they'd be like if you want knowledge we have a 24 floppy disk set for you yeah here you go you don't have to kill anyone it's weird God. because right like a lot of things in the show are dated but that feels like real dated like well yeah i mean it's just because how fast technology goes like if the show yeah. had aired now Imagine how much Tumblr porn Adam would be able to see, like, right away. <laughs> just an encyclopedic knowledge of all porn. Like, he'd just be h- hooked up to Wi-Fi, and he's like, I've studied all of human sexuality, and you are all gross. <laughs> Y'all are nasty as shit. Like, 
<laughs> he looks directly at me and is like, I'm talking to you, Ian. <laughs> oh my I meant to say thank you for the big mouth reference from Rock of Gibraltar. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Wait, what's is that a big mouth reference? That's, oh, the Rock of Gibraltar? That's the... So I always think of, here's my thing. I always think of the Rock of Gibraltar as an Animaniacs reference because they bring it up a lot on Animaniacs. Oh, maybe we're maybe we're referencing it different. Yeah, I'm thinking of it from Big Mouth. Okay, wait, wait, oh. wait, wait. No, so yes, I was actually going to say Buffy that oh, like blah blah blah. That's in Big Mouth because Rock of Gibraltar is the name of the romance novel that they're all right. in love with in Big Mouth. Yes, but it also is a like place, right? Uh, it's a real it's a real rock it's yeah. a real rock it's, it's yeah, like yeah, a place yeah. where rocks are or is it one rock i don't it's it's a big rock <laughs> gibraltar is at the site where like the mediterranean sea leaks out into the atlantic ocean and there's a strait there called the strait of gibraltar right. and it's where like africa is across the water from spain from and spain. there's a big yeah. rock there called the rock of gibraltar oh, see, is I'm... everything gibraltar of gibraltar no, like, the Rock of Gibraltar. The, no, I'm saying a grocery store of Gibraltar, the strain oh, of yeah, Gibraltar. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Buffy, look, that makes sense why, because isn't the horse in Rock of Gibraltar from Spain? Like, yes. He, spe- he speaks Spanish and is from Spain, right? Yeah. He's sure about um, yes, I love Big Mouth. I, Joe, you like Big Mouth too, don't you? I love yeah. Big Mouth. I oh. also love it's Big Mouth. Oh, I oh look, look at us. Yay! Now we know what the next podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like consistently after, my after go-to Buffy's sleep over, show. After Buffy's over, Slayer for is going to become a Big Mouth podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's such a good We're background back talking about Buffy. <laughs> All right, yes, sorry. Yes, Buffy, put us back on track on Buffy. Well, you, so you had just asked me what I thought about Adam's whole speech. Yes. The floppy disks are weird, but overall it's a pretty standard like villain here are my intentions speech. I think that it is interesting that he is also trying to be like Riley, you and I are kind of like brothers but like from a brothers from the same not mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like brothers. Yeah, yeah. Like my mom the, she created me, she watched you fuck, you know. Same you know, like moms do. Yeah. Like it's totally flowers in the attic, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but so Joe, I thought you'd like that reference. <laughs> Flowers in the attic. I do appreciate that. <laughs> that movie scared me when I was a child. I remember being on like TBS and being scared. Um, anyway, um, so, so what do people think about Adam's moment? A little underwhelming. I was like, it. It's one of those scenes that also I think went on a little long, and like he's talking kind of slowly and putting in the floppy disks. And everyone's just kind of standing there, like looking at him and not doing anything. So it's not like a super interactive scene. It's just kind of like he says a lot of words and then Riley goes, no, that's not true. And then he keeps talking. And the whole time I'm like, "Okay, we should be calling for backup or somebody should be triggering some kind of silent alarm like this. this Yeah, someone do something. Facility. And there's no cameras. They They have cameras in the rooms of all the boys, but they don't have cameras seeing this this monster. I don't know if he powered them down, but if all he their did, extra cameras went to Riley's bedroom that they just right. sort of doubled and tripled up. Yeah, they do mention that the cameras are offline. They, do, they did. OK, they okay. do the, to be I, as much as I don't want to be fair to the initiative, Buffy, they <laughs> they do say that. Um, but they also yeah, they, they it is a kind of and they acknowledge that it's a deus ex machina because at one point Buffy's like, how are they offline? And Willow and and um, Xander's just like take the lucky thing and run with it. Like, don't ask questions. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> we're just lucky. But I think it was probably, I feel like it was probably Adam who did it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he probably. could slink around unnoticed because he's also a seven foot tall cyborg. I was going to say, he's so graceful and uh, cat-like, yes. Right. So, okay. So my thing with this is, uh, one, I agree with Buffy. It's like a little bit too like, all right, we're all talking, but we're not doing enough. Um, and like, two, it just feels like, it just feels like he wouldn't be, like, it feels like Buffy could take him. Like, he doesn't feel like a monster. Like, sure, he's a cyborg robot monster thing. He's Frankenstein, uh, you know, Frankenstein but stronger, I guess. Um, And with, like, sometimes a gun on his arm. But it doesn't feel like Buffy couldn't take him. Like, I I just, I don't get the, like... I I agree with that. I need, like, a little bit more. Like, with Glory, it made sense. Like, we were underestimating she looked like a human, and then she wasn't. And, like, just her super strength made sense. And then we found out she was a hell god. So, sure. Um, But with him, he doesn't... I needed something. And I don't... I I couldn't even tell you what that thing would be to make me buy that he's such a struggle for Buffy to defeat. Well, I think we have to look back at, like, other monsters like um, Adam. Because, like, Buffy has had to fight... And something made of metal before, like right. with Moloch in season one, and, and she was unable to fight Moloch, and it was actually Willow, I think, who was able to electrocute him or something. So, like, we do have some kind of like track record of Buffy having difficulty fighting a steel-based demon. But he's not all steel. He's like just a little. He's bit not of steel. all steel, but he has a really strong steel arm yeah. and stuff like that. And all she, I mean, like. He gets her, I think he, he hits her really hard or something, and yeah. he gets her down. Yeah. And then, like, I think she just doesn't feel, I mean, like, I don't know. It's the same thing can be said, for I think, like, for the Uber vamp. Like, they make them super strong, and then they're not super strong. Mm, I agree. Yeah. All right, fair. Um, I do have to say, I actually yelled, fucking straight people, when Forrest, <laughs> Forrest is like, we take care of our own, and, like, gives Buffy, like, this, like, stern glance and everyone's being aggressively heterosexual and then they point all their guns at Buffy and it's oh my like, God. everyone just relax, like, she loves this man, you love this man everyone... We get it come. Forrest is like, no, I want to wipe the cream yeah. on, on Riley's skin like <laughs> like I just, if Forrest feels like he's being too, like, for, that's the point right. when I'm like fuck you. I like, want my tears to be the ones that yeah. heal his flesh wounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, even if he's mad at her, Riley just said it was, like, he just said that it wasn't her. Like, just let her be there. Like, you know what I mean? Even if it's someone I hate, like, okay, but you care about this person who's in trouble, just let let her be there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my last note, was fucking straight people. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> it any, was a lot. Do you have anything All right. else? That's, like, kind of the end, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The final final scene is um, Riley staring at his hanky. (laughs) I'm sure outside the window is Forrest looking at Riley, looking at his hanky like, (laughs) damn it, man, look at the window. (laughs) (laughs) And like aggressively stroking his gun. (laughs) Um, He's like, I'm going to shoot that hanky. I'm going to shoot it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, um, So favorite outfit, Matthew, I know what the answer is. Oh my god, glasses and bun and coat look is like. <laughs> but also, wait, we actually did not talk about Buffy's yummy sushi pajamas. Oh right, I wrote that it. is also an L Q Q K. That is a look. 
What? <laughs> Consider that stolen. I'm going to be saying uh-huh. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Matthew, I'm surprised. I actually thought, I meant like I knew what you were going to say because I know you love when she has a thing in her hair. I thought you were going to say the that outfit with the, you know, jacket and the thing in her, the handkerchief in her hair. Well, I just want to say that there is an overabundance of iconic Buffy looks in this episode alone. <laughs> and our cup runneth over. Like, the fact that Buffy <laughs> had a handkerchief in her hair and it's number three. Yeah. Like, when will your fave, honestly? Uh, I just love you so much. <laughs> um, Joe, do you have a favorite outfit? I mean, I think everybody's pajama couture was like on point on uh, in that scene in Xander's basement for sure. Uh, Buffy, I'm like going to be so disappointing to everyone. I didn't really like any of the outfits that she wore. I'm going to go with the outfit that she wore from the last episode that came into the beginning <laughs> of the next episode, the brown with the jeans, because I thought it was still working pretty well for her. All right, all right. Um... Favorite scene, Joe? Huh. I mean, just because of like how much it like reverberated through like the the Willow and Tara doing the spell scene All right. was like it's the one that sticks out in my mind the most. All right, Buffy. Um, I liked the moment where they were all in the basement and like you said, the the three girls kind of just like being friends and cuddling under a blanket and being supportive, even if they're not saying, like, everything that they want to hear. I thought it was a really just cute moment watching cartoons. All right. Matthew? That's so hard. This episode is stacked with good scenes. Because the Tara one and uh, <laughs> the Willie's scene. I would probably say the whole scene in Willie's. It's a pretty long one, but it's really good. Sure is. Um, I'm going to agree with Buffy. My favorite scene is the beginning when they're... That were, that's not the very beginning, but when they're all in there watching PJs, watching cartoons in their PJs is my favorite. Um, what do we think Dawn would have been doing in this episode, Matthew? Um, Willow would have had to look after Dawn, and Dawn would have um, been in the room while Tara and Willow were doing their spell, and she would have been like, I don't think I'm supposed to be seeing this. Like, this is adult. <laughs> She can't like, be she there. She'd be the one who'd be like, y'all are in love. Like, I really think Dawn would be the one bringing, <laughs> like, pr- trying to make it happen. Like, with, she would have been part of the thing I talked about last episode where she is actually the one who awakens Willow's lesbianism. And then this episode, she's, like, watching them do a spell um, because she's like, Buffy never lets me look at spells. Like, just let me look at this. And then she's like, um, your spell looked like you guys love each other. Okay, wait, <laughs> wait. That brings up a question... So the spells so I the spells are a metaphor for lesbian sex. We're all in agreement on that. Yeah, um, sure. But so I always took it as they're a metaphor, but like they're also having sex is kind of how I took it. You think at this point in the story they've already had sex? Yes. Like No. No, you don't think so? Not at all. I like think sex? I take it as the spells are pleasurable and right? offer something like close like there's the when they fall back on the pillows like all those scenes like it, it suggests that maybe magic feels kind of good in this world like maybe you can so orgasm from magic intimate. right like i think there's intimacy but uh, i don't know uh, about sex 
Yeah, I think that they, like, I mean, the intimate spell hasn't even happened yet because it's in the who are you, but, like, I think if it's just, there must be an immense amount of energy that has to, like, flow between them and stuff like that, and that's probably what it is, is that, like, she's ex- she might experience pleasure, but it's not something that's supposed to be pleasurable. It's, like, when you accidentally sit on a vibrating washing machine or something. I don't know. Accidentally. Accidentally. I don't know. You know, sometimes, you know, you just sit on a vibrating wash, you know, um, and I just sit somewhere. So I I I don't think, because I think the first time they have sex is in New Moon Rising when, when um, Oz smells it on, on, on. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Right. All right. Well, okay. I got a sidetrack. So um, Buffy, what do you think Dawn would have been doing? Um, I'm going to say because they were all hiding out, she would have been hiding out as well. And I think instead of, um, Willow getting pushed, Dawn probably would have got pushed because she would have wanted to peek in on what, what he was up to. Good one. Mm, that is good. Joe? Uh, Dawn would have found the body of the kid that Adam mm. kills at the beginning of the episode. Mm. She like stumbles upon it and screams, backed um, out. I say that Dawn and Joyce would have had to hide out in the basement with the Scoobies, which actually would have made sense that Buffy might be like, oh, they might right. go to my address. Like, right. Let me bring my mom here. Whatever. Actually, um, Dawn, Dawn sneaks into the initiative, and when Adam comes out, she screams, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I said that Dawn can't stop complaining about everything in Xander's basement, and Anya asked her, please shut up. Um, and that's Dawn's like only scene in the episode. What do we all grade it, Matthew? I'm gonna go with the same as last week, which was A minus for this one. Buffy. Um, I'm gonna say B. Joe. Uh, I gave uh, I and Team a C, and I was trying to figure out whether this should be higher or lower than that, but I think it should be exactly the same. So. C as well to this one. And I gave I and team a C plus. I give this one a C because I think this one for me is like way bigger, bigger of a snoozer. And the other one at least has more scenes with Scoobies being funny. Um, but yeah. All right. Thank you both for being on. Thanks Thank for you. listening everyone. Um, yeah. If you want to follow our podcast on Twitter, we are Slayer at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow Matthew, he is at Matthew Rodriguez, one T, a G, and a Z. And if you want to follow Ian, he is at Ian X Carlos. And our for our two guests, uh, Buffy, how can people find you on social media? Live kindly Buffy or gay on a budget. Either is fine. <laughs> And Joe. And Joe. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Reed. Reed is spelled R-E-I-D. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Um, and thanks for listening. And we'll see you all next week. Bye.